Hi, and welcome to the Let's Talk Healthy Pets podcast. I'm Dr. Karen Becker, Dr. Mercola's Chief Wellness Veterinary Consultant, and I'm excited to share with you the latest news about pet health to guide you in keeping your animal companions healthy, comfortable, and happy throughout their lives. My goal as a proactive vet is to empower pet owners to make knowledgeable decisions to extend the lifespan and well-being of their animals. If you're looking for more pet health tips, you can also subscribe to my free daily newsletter at healthypets.mercola.com. Thank you so much for listening and enjoy today's podcast. Hi, I'm Dr. Karen Becker, and Karen has nominated Lori Weston for an Animal Game Changer Award. And we're so thankful that Lori is joining us today via Zoom to tell us more about the amazing work she's doing with animals. So Lori, congratulations on your Game Changer Award, and thank you so much for joining us. Thank you. So Lori, tell us, for for people that aren't familiar with what you do, and your passion. I think part of the inspiring wonderfulness of getting to know game changers on the world is hearing how and why they were inspired to start doing what they do. So if you will back up and tell our readers and listeners how you became really inspired to start rescuing the dogs that you rescue, that would be wonderful. Okay. Um, Well, it started out um, really when I was really little, uh, animals just kind of, my husband calls me Mary Poppins, but they find me and they, um, and I see them and I feel them. And so even as a young person, I was always dragging home a stray animal, a wounded animal. Um, and it wasn't until later in life where I was in a position to start doing, doing something about it other than having my own pets. Yeah. So how did that transition come about? Sometimes, um, it, and I, I love these stories because I think that that desire to want to help life, I think we're all born with it. And sometimes it it shows itself early on. And sometimes as it did with you, you you're naturally connected to animals, but then there's an action step where it actually becomes, it goes from a hobby to doing something on a little bit of a larger platform for more animals than just your own personal pets. How did that happen? Um, Well, it really started when I had um, a severely sick and wounded animal. I was just in high school and um, I picked the animal up and got it home. I realized I couldn't help it. And then um, ended up bringing it to a vet. And um, it of course was the night of an exam. And so that was pretty stressful, but um, that continued to happen. And so I would actually take in an animal here and there and then do my best to try to find someone who wanted to love and care for it. It really stayed on a small scale um, until I happened to adopt a, um, a, a little poodle. And then years later, I adopted a little Pomeranian. And it occurred, Part of the reason why I didn't do more is it all seemed so overwhelming. Um, I would go to animal shelters and just literally like almost emotionally just freeze up at the sheer need, if you will. And then, oh, maybe 10 years ago, it occurred to me, well, wait a minute, maybe if I focus on maybe just smaller animals, then I won't be so overwhelmed and I can do more. 
And then it even got more specific when I got connected with Recycled Pomeranians in Dallas. At the time, I was living in California. And I just, I love their, their mission. They had been around since 1996 and founded by um, Sherry and Melissa. And even from California, um, I flew out a couple times, well, once just to meet and adopt a dog. And then a couple more times bringing my husband volunteering just for a day or two, holding animals, walking animals. Um, so we ended up actually moving to Dallas. And um, being able to focus on a breed, um, which actually in my case has been two breeds because my grew up around chow chows. And so while Recycled Pomeranians has been my primary focus because it's local here to where I live, um, I also volunteer with a chow rescue. Um, mm. that, that focus makes it so it's not so overwhelming and you have an opportunity to do even more and more and more because as you're involved in it, you get to know the breed really well. You get to know um, like certain family dynamics that are really good for a breed or good for a, maybe that breed at a particular life stage. And um, it really took off from there. So it's been seven years now that I've been um, volunteering with Recycle Pong. Um, and I usually um, I usually foster the old the older ones, the ones who've been are wounded, sick, or in a hospice situation. So tell us, for instance, who who's the lovely little one on your lap? Is is this um is this your own babe or is this a, a dog that you're fostering well, or up for adoption? Okay, so I have him for a very good reason because um, because of his story that I know checkers. So he's an example of a yeah. <laughs> of a dog that I feel. And uh, Checkers was a foster that I was taking care of. And I, um, because I have older dogs and maybe not the really cute dogs, a lot of my fosters mm -hmm. tend to stick around for a long time. I've had fosters for as long as a year and a half, even longer. And um, so I just made the assumption that that was going to be the case for Checkers. Um, I was at an adoption event and I, unbeknownst to me, a woman who was approved to adopt had her eyes set on checkers. And so um, since he attached himself to me, immediately to me as a foster, um, I actually intentionally kind of wasn't at another part of the event out of line of sight so that um, other people could get to know him without him just pining for me. And then um, one of the officers of we have a board and they got my attention and said this woman's interested in adopting checkers and i was so caught off guard i just went right into like let's help this lady with her adoption mode she's already approved um she was crazy about checkers so she took checkers home and um i that i would say he's the one that got away that mm -hmm. doesn't happen often but that he was one that got away and um then a year ago um I got a call from our vice president, Holly. And Holly said, Lori, we've got a black and white big palm at the Garland shelter. Can you go pick him up? And um, in addition to fostering and working events, I do a lot of, a lot of other things, um, a lot of design and creative aspects for the rescue. Um, I also do transport for them, um, kind of a liaison with a lot of the local veterinarians, making sure that, that accurate information is communicated. 
And so I was said, sure, I'll go get him. And something inside me said, hmm. is that checkers? So I asked, is that wow. checkers? And she says, I don't think so. It's a different name. Well, I got there and it was checkers. And that was a year ago. And when, um, when I went and he had a fever of 104 hmm. the night before he was in heat, like he had had heat stroke and was suffering. Um, he was in liver failure. And um, he was six pounds overweight. He should have been around 12, 13 pounds and he was 19. And um, but he recognized me right away. He got mm -hmm. him to the vet. He had to stay overnight three nights. And then we got the story. And apparently his owner, the woman who adopted him, she had passed away from COVID. And the family didn't oh. know what to do. And they had taken him to the shelter. So somewhere between in all that grief and that mix up and all that social distancing, he probably got left in a car, got left outside. Gosh, something happened. And so um, we, after three days at the vet, I got him home and my husband leaned down to checkers and said, don't worry, checkers, you never have to leave. So <laughs> yay. So, yeah, so he's, yay. Been my, he's been my forever foster. Yeah. Um, and then the wonderful news is, which doesn't always happen, is we got him good, good vet care. We got him on the right medication, appropriate foods. Yes. Um, and within six months, there was some improvement, but the liver, you know, the values were not, were still not, not good. He desperately needed another dental. So it, last January, he had a dental. And then about four months after the dental, um, he was acting a little strange and I was paranoid. So I took him to the vet and his blood work came back perfect. Oh, so he, wonderful. Yes. So this is Jeffrey's alive and well with yes. Yeah. <laughs> Yeah, well, congratulations on all fronts. Checkers, Thank it's you. nice to meet you, precious boy. So nice yeah. to meet you. And actually really highlights, Lori, the importance of rescue in a community that has excellent communication with the shelters. If that shelter would not have known to reach out to your organization, we don't want to think about where checkers would be or what would have happened. But because that, I think that that's the, the beautiful part about everyone doing their own part, yeah. whether you, like you said, you resonate with a certain breed or a certain type of animal or certain species or certain age of animal or certain circumstances of animals, whatever resonates with you, just do it. Like in your situation, you said, I also enjoy doing some of the, the art things. Mm -hmm. If you're an artist, that's a way that you can serve our animal community. If you're a groomer, you can groom and serve the animal community. If you, you know, everyone has talents that can be utilized. The goal is to just start volunteering and, and you've done that. And what I think what it appears you've recognized is that first of all, you're a very multi-talented human and you're able to do a lot of different things for all of the rescues that you're volunteering for. But it also shows you how working together within these organizations with other organizations, platforms, people doing their thing in their zone, how it how it's knitted together in this beautiful synergistic community that actually accomplishes a lot more because of good communication and working together. And it's really, I mean, that the 
Checker Stories really highlights that aspect of your organization working in synergy with other organizations in your area, which is really awesome. When you, well, yeah, one of, yes. One of the things that I did want to point out is that um, Recycled Palms has been around for 25 years, but we've really, really grown. Um, we have, uh, you know, our, our Facebook page, I think it's at something like 40,000 followers. So good. Um, and then we have a, 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 a Facebook group specifically for adopters um, and fosters so that once you adopt from us, you're not just like stuck with this dog. You have this entire community of people with a whole range of experience because we yeah. all have rescued animals. And a lot of times they, we, their history is a mystery to us. Yeah. Um, you know, so they're just, and, oh, and part of the, re the reason checkers came back to recycle palms was because of his microchip. And yeah. His, yeah. so, even though the microchip goes out and it, it'll show the owner we take care of that, it'll still log that it was a recycled Pomeranian's animal. And yes. since the owner was deceased, even though um, another group had, had tagged him, they contacted us first, which yes. was wonderful because we had a history on him. Exactly. Exactly. So, I mean, that really is an, an, an amazing success story with lots of different things to celebrate within that story. It, absolutely. What do you love most about Me. the volunteer work that you do? Um, it's really the before and afters. And um, I used to think, oh, how could I ever adopt a senior knowing that that pet was going to go, you know? Ah, they're getting me emotional talking about this, but yes. um, <laughs> but they um, they're so wonderful. And so one of the major things I do is when some when we get a call that um, or we find out that an animal has been surrendered and basically just dumped at a shelter and told to be put to sleep. And uh, those are the things that break my heart because um, I really believe that that. Uh, they, they deserve to pass with dignity and love and in, and in the shelter of safe arms. And so, um, in fact, I have a girl now, Gigi, who um, she's, got, she's got tumors. And so it's a day-to-day -day thing. I'm just keeping my eye on what's her quality of life. Is she, you know, is she having big chunks of her day where she's enjoying it? It's not just about you know, a diagnosis, it's about quality of life, and then um, spending quality time with her so, so she could still bond with me, feel safe with me. And while it sounds really sad, and it is, but my end game is that she will pass away in my arms being held by someone she knows. And, um, and I can whisper to her, she can feel my touch, you know, and I can and I can release her and look forward to seeing her someday, knowing that I've served her as well as I could. Yeah. And thankfully, there are beautiful, awesome people like you. Um, I'm also a, an old dog girl. I would much rather take the 16 year old that has six days left yeah. than the six year old, because I think more people would gravitate toward the six year old dog. I am the um, I'm going to give me the oldest, weakest, sickest animal because it's such a gift, whatever time is left, 
yeah. minutes, hours, days, weeks. It's such a gift to be able to, to influence that creature's life with more love and more caring and more support than potentially they've ever had in their whole life. It's a real gift. It makes for a lot of heartache, but it is an, it's a tremendous opportunity to um, love something in a way that maybe it hasn't been loved before. And I love that you, that you, that you are doing yeah. that. Yeah. If people wanted to learn more about the breeds that you're in love with and the rescues you're in love with and how they could support or learn more about those organizations, Lori, where would they go to find that information? Well, if you Google Recycle Pomeranians, you'll come across our website, um, RecyclePomeranians.org. I'm sorry, we've changed it. It's .com now. And then we also have um, our Facebook page. And so while our website is a great place to get specific information um, to take action, like here's my adoption application, here's my foster application, these are the dogs that are available for adoption. Here's a list of the things that the rescue really needs. Um, the Facebook page is a fun way to tap into the heart of the rescue because um, you'll see, you know, um, fortunately it hasn't happened in a while, but all of a sudden we'll get a call and there'll be 40 dogs coming into our rescue from yeah. some puppy mill that got shut down. And that might be an opportunity for you to just come and show up and be willing to hold a dog while someone else does something for it or to it, or yep. meet a few other volunteers. You'll also um, learn about events. We recently volunteered for the Lone Star um, Dog Show here in Dallas. And um, we needed an army of volunteers because while we volunteered and we cleaned up the pens for, um, for the dog show, um, all the money that was earned went to support the rescue. And so I would say those would be the two best ways to just kind of dip your toe in the water and see what's going on with our rescues. Yeah, that's, that's, that's great information. Um, you have experienced a lot of a lot of different situations, a lot of different dogs, a lot of different animals. I mean, if you could tell the world one thing about the, the amazing work that you're doing, what would it be? It would be that um, to please consider your commitment to a pet to be a lifetime commitment. Um, there's lots of opportunities to care for an animal, to, um, you know, to have an animal in your home, to build a bond, through, um, through volunteering, through fostering, where you don't have a lifetime commitment. Um, and there's other opportunities to adopt an older animal and make a commitment that's gonna be maybe, you know, several months long to a few years long. Um, and if you have an animal, reach out to your community for support with the animal, but, but I, we beg of you, don't abandon your animal. Please yeah. now, as everyone's going back to work from, from COVID and everything, um, the rescues, shelters, they're all just so overwhelmed. And I think people forget that um, you can work and have a pet and it's just a matter of educating yourself on how to best care for your pet in, um, in your situation. And just know that your pet loves you and your pet would love, would rather see you 
in the evening while you're responding to emails or having your dinner then end up in a shelter and have no, and and have to go through all of the stress and the physical heartache that the pet will go through yeah yeah that, that that's good advice that that if if you make that unbelievable commitment of guardianship it is a lifetime commitment and if you recognize that you can't make that commitment excellent you still can serve in other ways you can volunteer you can do delivery you can do transport you can drop animals off at the vet you can use your tech skills it skills grooming skills cooking skills whatever skills we have we can plug into communities organizations platforms rescues that desperately need our help so you're you're doing that and hopefully we've inspired our viewers and listeners and readers to to consider serving in a way that allows them to bring their resources to communities and rescues that so desperately need it we're so thankful Lori, that you're doing that you're living it well, we're I'm, so thankful that karen nominated you yeah <laughs> thank you so much okay bye